to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, ladies and gentlemen, happy Wednesday. Lots to get to in this particular episode. And I got to tell you, I've got a number of examples here that just continue to prove the giant COVID lie that is being perpetuated on American schools, American teachers, parents, students, all of them. And it's absolutely horrific, and it just continues to be horrific. And again, God bless school board meetings, and not for the reason that you might think. This is not a compliment. God bless school board meetings for highlighting the absolute stupidity of school board members, superintendents, and the people who work within these environments. If we didn't have televised or YouTube school board meetings, God knows where we'd be, because we wouldn't be able to hear the absolute brainwashing and stupidity that has infected the minds of all of these individuals, and then, of course, has worked its way right into the actual school environments themselves, only to get school employees to actually believe some of this nonsense. And as it turns out, and this is a positive, many of them, I'm sure, aren't believing this anymore. They're getting tired of these lies. They probably believed it right when it happened, back in March of 2020. And I'm sorry if people actually believed what was going on back then. Some of us out here knew exactly what was going on. We knew that it was a giant lie. We knew that this was a deep state plan. We knew that this is exactly what, what the Satanists had in order. It was, it was one of the cards that they hadn't fully played, and certainly played to this extent. But unfortunately, many K-12 schools just fell for it. And I, of course, predicted that they would fall for it and wrote about it at length, and so did countless other people. But for those of us that have been in the system previously, we could see the writing on the wall. We knew what was coming. We knew what they would do. And they aren't letting up. Many of them are not letting up. And they still aren't connecting the dots. Even when they have mothers who are nurses coming up to the microphones in these school board meetings across the nation and telling them, why are we still wearing masks again? I'm a nurse, and I have yet to read a single academic paper that says that masks do anything. So why are we wearing masks? And what you're going to hear from this moron superintendent where I live is he actually believes that mask wearing is a preventative measure just because the CDC and the county health department say so. What's also interesting is almost within the exact same breath, he says that all other school districts in the county, except theirs, are not wearing masks anymore, and they all have lower cases of COVID, quote-unquote, which, of course, the tests are false, and we've been over that. And the masks, of course, don't do anything either. We've been over that ad nauseum. The, the point is, is that he actually thinks and cannot comprehend, and you'll hear him say it, he cannot comprehend how all the other schools in the county aren't wearing masks and they have lower rates of COVID, and yet their district, his district, this district, is wearing masks constantly and continues to wear the mask, and they have, quote-unquote, the highest cases of COVID among others. He can't seem to figure that out. These people, ladies and gentlemen, are certifiable. They belong in mental institutions, and these are the very people running these school buildings. And again, I'm, I'm going to mention a couple of stories here from this school board meeting too, but, um, well, hell, I might as well just get right into it. Okay, <clears throat> so there was a school board meeting. <laughs> so there was a school board meeting, and it, and it happened just the other day, sort of the, the monthly school board meeting. I did not attend, and if they're listening to this podcast, which they're probably not because they're dumb, um, I'm, I'm not going to be attending future board meetings because there's no point. Uh, all I would be doing is listening to their stupidity when I could be listening to their, st you know, their stupidity from the comfort of my own home. So, basically, I'm going to fast forward sort of to the public comments section. The public comments section I thought was telling and yet pathetic at the same time. And again, with all due respect to the to, to these parents that are waking up and slowly waking up. I find it alarming that they're making a, a very interesting move, and it's one I've commented on in the past, but they will show up to scold the school board or scold the actions of the superintendent or the school board while at the exact same time catering to exactly what they, what they say people should do and what, what, what the school board says people should do and what the superintendent says people should do. For example... 
And again, bless her heart because it's heartbreaking. But a mother comes up to the microphone and she says, my son is attends the elementary school and he comes home with the mask on his face and he's chewing the mask and the mask is soaking wet and it's dirty and it's all over his mouth and he has marks all over his face and I have to send him to school with at least three plus masks. You know, and again, as she's saying all of this, she then says the following. She says, I'm a nurse and I have yet to read any academic paper that justifies the mask wearing for anything, for the prevention of anything. She says all of this while she's wearing a mask. Sitting behind her, three rows behind her, there's a guy not wearing a mask. I've spoken at these board meetings twice, never wore a mask. One of the board members herself, who thank God is now gone from the board because she's decided to retire, although, she, you know, old boss, same as the new boss, the, the incoming individual for this particular board meeting is more radical than she was, and she was, she was just absent-minded, and that's putting it mildly. She herself uh, has been in this district since the beginning of time, and she is coughing profusely throughout the entire board meeting, and has been, I might add, probably since September. This chronic, awful cough. Continuing to mask herself, the cough is getting deeper and worse. She's double-jabbed, at least, and can't for the life of her figure out what's going on. And I'm certain she's been to the doctor. And I'm certain that this outgoing board member now has received probably a number of prescriptions antibiotics, an inhaler, a cough suppressant, you name it, and none of it's working, and she doesn't know why. She still can't figure out why, and they can't figure out why, and none of them comment on her cough while she's profusely coughing at this board meeting. She's dying. She's dying. And the jabbed are dying. Again, this is a slow kill thing. It has killed people quickly, immediately after taking it, slowly over the course of hours, days, weeks, and months, and yes, it will be years as well. But she has no idea what she's done, and again, many of these people will never comprehend it. When she dies, it will be chalked up to her, her, her age, basically. And again, I'm not hoping for that to happen. I'm not, I'm not sadistic. I'm not, I'm not a psychopath. I'm not hoping for any of that to happen. I'm simply saying... As in the past, you cannot poison yourself into good health, you cannot wear a mask into good health, and you cannot do both at the same time and expect good things to happen. Now that's the first parent though, that's one of the first parents that spoke. The second parent came up, female again, and in this district where I where I live, not uncommon to other inept school districts, which theoretically is practically all of them, but there were in w within the same week and and practically within the exact same day a middle school teacher is being investigated a male middle school teacher is being investigated for uh inappropriately touching at least one female student again that's under investigation and that's continuing to take place the second thing that happened last friday was a quote unquote bomb threat allegedly and I've spoken on the fallacy of those in the past before and how no one should be uh, surprised if a member of the school district or somebody associated with an employee of the school district would cause such a thing to occur by calling in such a thing. So again, the question becomes, when something like that happens, how deep does the investigation actually go? At any point, are these individuals who work within the school district, in particular at the district office, are their cell phones confiscated? Are their phone records brought up? Are their text messages brought up? Um, you know, the contacts that they know. I mean, how, how, how deep does the actual investigation go? And the fact is, is that when it comes to things like a bomb threat, the investigation almost always goes away because they say, well, it was anonymous. It's impossible for us to know. There was no way that we could ever know and blah, blah, blah. What this parent brings up, though, who, who comes up to the microphone, she describes a horrific experience that her daughter was having in class during this time. And here's what she was highlighting. She was texting in, back and forth with her daughter during this entire time. 
And the daughter was saying that she was shaking, that she was nervous. She didn't know what was going on. The teachers weren't taking it seriously. The doors were unlocked. And the teacher decided to put on a movie while this lockdown was taking place. The lockdown was not a drill. It was a, it was a real lockdown. People were apparently taking it seriously, but there were countless people who weren't. And then the parent again was wearing a mask and still railing on about how inept the communication was and how terrible it was. I also found it, again, uh, sadly ironic that the parents said that they were sitting at home while their child was texting them these messages. And again, I'm saying to myself, number one, is it your day off or are you just not homeschooling? And number two, why again, why are you wearing a mask? And number three, why didn't you get in your car immediately when your daughter was texting you these things? Drive to the school, knock on the front door, and say, give me my kid now. Why didn't that happen? These are the these are the these are the absolute holes that exist in the entire system that are becoming wider and wider and wider and more and more light is shining through and should be shining through for the people who have been asleep for a very long time. It cannot become more obvious as to what's going on in these environments. The th- the the next parent that came up addressed the um the individual who is being investigated, the, the school teacher who is in being, being investigated at the middle school. This, and I might add, the, uh, the high school principal also has resigned, which I, I find interesting. But this particular event uh, has occurred at the middle school with the, I, I believe, male business teacher uh, allegedly inappropriately touching at least one student. The parent gets up there and, and again, thanks the board. Thank you for your service, you know, blah, 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 blah. Ladies and gentlemen, first of all, when you address a criminal enterprise, you do not thank them for their service. Evil needs to be destroyed, not applauded. So you need to start bookending your talks to these school board meetings appropriately. You don't make it a shit sandwich, which is what it's commonly referred to, where you, you know, the first layer of bread on the outside is a compliment, and then you get to the meat of the problem, and then you end with a compliment. The shit sandwich is out the door here. People need to stop communicating with each other that way in, in you know, polite back and forths. It's, it's all surface-level bullshit. None of it helps anything. You're, you're not fooling anyone, including the people that you're actually talking to. So get down to brass tacks. Look at the school board. When you walk up to a, a microphone, if you still want to do this, and it's not having any impact for the most part, Certainly not when it comes to this particular school board and their own actions. But you walk up to the school board and you say, my name is so-and-so. This happened on this day. What the hell is going on? What the hell is the matter with you? And then you get into the specifics and then you just leave. You just walk away. Because if you ask them questions, they're not going to respond to you. And you don't end your talk at the microphone by thanking them. Again, evil should not be thanked. It should be destroyed. That's the way that this has to go f- moving forward. If you're going to still be attending these degenerate environments, that's, that's what has to happen. So no, no pleases, no thank yous. you got to take your manners out of it. Again, it's war. That's what this is. So take your manners out of it. Manners don't matter in the jungle. People aren't going, oh, I got my boots dirty, and, well, maybe I should ask before I, you know, engage. No, don't do that. Just engage and then leave. So what this parent brought up regarding the middle school teacher is he basically said, why isn't, why isn't it that we weren't contacted? And later on in the meeting, the response from the superintendent deflected like you would not believe. It was, well, maybe, maybe teachers have taken, or maybe uh, parents in the community have taken their phone numbers off of our automated system, and we alerted them, and we alerted them. But if you've taken your phone number or you haven't updated your phone number, perhaps it's ultimately your fault. And then, of course, countless parents heard about it in the nightly news that night. So again, you know, it was it's it's all word of mouth for the most part. Yeah, I'm sure some people are are tied into the phone system and automatic phone system and whatever, but keep in mind, 
these school districts are insulated. They do not want to air their dirty laundry out in public. Even again, regarding confidentiality laws and, and during an investigation and this, that, and the other, but it's just, uh, this is just what they do. So don't expect, I mean, it's, it's an oxymoron to have a school district that communicates appropriately. It's jumbo shrimp. It just is. It always has been. It will continue to be that way, in particular within the worst environments. But with that said, here's where the, here's where the parent missed the mark. The parent brought up something that I thought was fantastic, and he didn't follow through on it. And this, again, was, is a massive mistake that some parents are engaging in. They just don't take the courage to take it to the next level. The parent walks up again to the microphone to bring up what occurred at the middle school regarding the teacher. And he says, I emailed the superintendent and the email that I, to ask questions about what was going on. The email that I got back from the superintendent was remarkably inappropriate. Uh, completely hostile, and the superintendent allegedly even brought up the parent's profession as somehow, I don't know, because again, the parent didn't read the email, and that's really the biggest problem. That would have been a perfect opportunity to print off the email that the superintendent wrote you that you thought was so inappropriate. Get it on the record, on video, of you reading that email from the superintendent for the entire world to see. These people, but, but that didn't happen. It just didn't happen. And these people have got to be exposed for that. That continues to be the biggest problem going forward. You've got to take it to the next level. You can't just attempt to bring up evidence of unprofessionalism and then not read said evidence. You should treat school board meetings again if you're going to continue to attend. If you should, you should go and treat it like a court of law. You have a time when you get to talk. That's when you have to drop the hammer. That's when you have to make OJ stand up, walk over, and put the gloves on. Of course, that's a bad example because we know that the gloves didn't fit because he didn't take, you know, his arthritis medicine and he was told not to and blah, 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 and the gloves weren't getting... You get what I'm saying. Bad example. The, po the point is, is that this is when you have to get people to do the things that you want them to do and expose them for who they are because they're giving you evidence of their unprofessionalism. For you to not bring it to them is absurd. I mean, it's, 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 it's just missing. a. You're, you hit a grand slam. You were, you were given a tee, a ball, you hit a grand slam, and you stepped over top of second base on your way to third. You missed second base which means your run doesn't count. And, and frankly, all the other runs might, might be negated in the process. You just miss the base. You've got to take your time, hit every base, and then stomp on home plate and rub your foot into it. That's what has to happen. That's a, that's a better example, maybe. But, that, <laughs> but that's, that's exactly what has to happen here. If the I's aren't dotted and the T's aren't crossed and they serve you up a doozy of a softball, you've got to blast it out of the park and take your time going around the bases. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to play at least five minutes of the superintendent talking. I want you to hear this monster because he is a monster. I've been nose to nose with this person, literally. There is nothing in this man's eyes. That's my opinion. But there's nothing there. He is following lockstep CDC and Butler County Health Department rules. Massive problem here. Big problem. He's all about the masks. He's all about the testing. And what you're going to hear him say, of course, and then he gets very, very testy because he doesn't want to lose power. The board voted to give him power to mask everybody as a sole individual. So I'm just going to play his audio so you can hear him. You'll hear again his tone, the things that he talks about, and he can feel that power slowly slipping through his fingers, and he does not want to lose it. He doesn't want to lose it. I think there are other things at play here, which I've written about in the past on my substack regarding these kinds of masking behaviors and what is in the heads of the individuals that are getting off on watching children wearing masks. I think you know where I'm going with that. 
I think that there is, there's just more at play here. Because when you have a nurse walk up to the microphone and say they don't work, and you have countless people come up to the microphone and say they're not working, and then he himself ultimately says, we have more COVID cases, but we're still wearing masks and we're the only ones in the area wearing masks and no one else has the COVID cases we have, but we're, we are wearing masks. He cannot see the correlation between oxygen deprivation and sickness, if in fact they do have sickness. Now, I will mention this too, and again, this is interesting because countless counties continue to just stomp on the rights of human beings by, by again, the contact tracing and, and this, that, and the other. And I've been over this before, and we've talked about this before, and even put out those videos of, of nurses and doctors saying this, that if you've been jabbed or you have not, you're being tracked. You're being tracked in all your medical records. It shows exactly in your medical records whether or not you've taken these jabs. And they're keeping two separate lists, the jabbed and the unjabbed. But here's one, and it's a, it's a zip code breakdown. And again, this was tossed to me by a friend of mine who listens to the podcast and lives locally. They said in this particular zip code where I live that the number of jabbed, let me pull this up here, the number of jabbed total population Percentage of total population vaccinated. Where we live, 44% is vaccinated. 44%. That's a, that's a good thing. It's a good thing that the vast majority are not jabbed. Hallelujah. Amen. That's an excellent thing. The second category says per, the percentage of the eligible population vaccinated, and it says 45%. Again, a good thing. The vast majority of people, certainly the majority, are not jabbed. They're not buying this. They aren't buying it. This, is a, this, again, is a good thing. The next category says percentage of 12 to 17-year-old vaccinated. It says 43%. Again, that's, that's a sad number that that's the case. But the majority are not jabbed. That's a good thing. And the majority, I again, <laughs> I would highly recommend the majority stay away from the minority when it comes to being jabbed, because the jabbed are transmitting their illness onto the unjabbed. I've been over that at length. The last category, percentage of 5 to 11-year-olds vaccinated, 31%. Again, the vast majority of individuals are not jabbed in the 5 to 11 year old category also a good thing the problem is is that of the surrounding um zip codes our zip code is the highest all the other percentages i kid you not are 30 percent 18% 15% 13% 12% 9% 7% 6% 5% percent I mean, it's, everybody else is just way lower, which is fantastic. Again, the outlying zip codes aren't jabbing their children, and thank God for it. The problem is, is that this local school board continues to push the jabs. And what you're going to hear, again, at least one board member say, and this should tell you how brain dead they are, she actually says, it's been shown that vaccination is the only effective way to prevent against COVID. Now, where have you heard that? You've heard that on your television from the anointed one, Tone Loke, Anthony Fauci. Good old Tone Loke. This loser is on television on a day-in, day-out basis, week-in, week-out basis, saying the same things and far worse over and over and over again. And you have board members going home, watching television, coming back, and then making policy on what they hear on their TV i.e. brainwashing device. Medical doctors are no different. Nurses are no different. Do you see how infectious and effective, I should say also, the television is as a brainwashing device? It's incredible. Okay, I'm done rambling. Here's the superintendent. You'll hear the stupidity straight from the horse's mouth. Butler County Health Department, CDC, Ohio Health Department may make future decisions and changes. And then if you're granting me the powers, I will make decisions based upon 
what's coming out. For instance, you've seen recently the latest change was to strongly recommend masks, and you saw most all other Butler County uh, schools eliminate masks and strongly recommend. And I just want to go over this. If you do do this, understand that if, and my recommendation is to make, if it goes forward, and you give me the authority, is to end um, the mask wearing compliance on January 10th, that will be after the January 8th vaccine clinic for those that want it and you still have time to get it. But it will also require moving that three feet of distance right now for direct contact back to the six feet of distance. We will continue to have to contact trace and work with the contact tracers at Butler County Health Department through like receiving charts and stuff like that with 15 minutes, all that stuff. However, there's a change in it. In the past, we if you were a direct contact, less than six feet, 15 minutes of time, you were automatically quarantined by the health department to stay home 10 days, 14 days. Sometimes if you take a test on days five, six, seven with a negative, you could come back on day eight. That still stands, but now they added in a component that if you mask up, you have an option now. So you're within six feet, you're a direct contact, you will not either be you will be quarantined by the health department, unless you agree to send in the staff, or it could be staff too, or student agrees to come to school for that quarantine time wearing a mask. At a point in time, if you become positive, the health department will then also require you to stay home. Currently, we're averaging between four to eight students each day that test positive. I, I'm just throwing out those numbers. We give you those numbers. It is higher than what we had in the past, but I also think we expected this. We've talked about this after Thanksgiving. I also expect after, after the Christmas and holiday break, we may even see a different, another tick up because there's more communication. As you know, Oxford mandate for masks ran out today. So that's another thing that we don't have to deal with. The other thing that I'd be looking for is short-term mask wearing. So that may be, or quarantining. If we hit the 20% absentee rate, whether it's flu, whether it's COVID, quarantines, we're going to look at possibly closing that building, requiring uh, closing that grade level, closing that class, or mandating wearing masks for certain periods of time. So this gives us a little more flexibility of options. And if you choose not to wear a mask during this short time, if one was to be implemented, then you would stay home and fill out the quarantine time uh, as ordered by the health department. Students and staff who are fully vaccinated, including boosters, you may share this status with us if that comes up. We can no longer ask, and we've talked about this since October. Again, health department orders always stand, but having that knowledge may make some different decisions by the health department. I still strongly recommend, still strongly recommend that all students and staff wear masks. But if any parent feels that their child is being targeted for wearing a mask, contact the building administrators ASAP, contact the teachers, contact the central office administrators myself too, because that should not happen as well. Again, I will continue to monitor. We may need to make short-term decisions. I think if I needed to close down for more than three to four weeks, and I'm not saying that's going to happen, I think I need to come back to the board because we have a board meeting every month and three to four months would put us there. And if we're looking at like a long-term decision, then it needs to come back to the board. My hope and prayer is that it doesn't. 
this point in time. I also will share that even though other school districts around us are not wearing masks, their corn, their positivity rate is not as high as what we're seeing in Talawanda and Hazelbank. We're we're higher than that. it just is. Um, let me see what else is here. And if any students or staff have COVID nineteen like symptoms, and you haven't been tested and you don't have an alternative diagnosis, and it's not a diagnosis that I have seasonal allergies every year, you need to have that current diagnosis to make sure. We've got to stop COVID-19 from coming into our buildings. And if you keep students and staff stay home <coughs> until we're sure that it's not COVID-19, we can keep COVID out, which means less quarantines, which means less mandating of masks that they have to make a choice where to stay home. That's what's going to happen. And I'm going to tell you, the majority of the Talawanda School District families follow this. But we have had cases where parents knowingly that their child is positive or has symptoms and does not want to have their child tested. I understand and respect that, but want to send their kids to school and we catch it, and we do use the CARES room, and we ask the parent to come pick them up because we want to stop that spread. And it needs to stop because what could happen is you sending your child with what may look like an allergy or some other symptom could end up in a positive case that ends up spreading in a classroom or the building and end up with a lot more positive cases, kids sick, staff sick, which creates a whole different situation. The truth is revealing itself, ladies and gentlemen. It, it, at face value, it could not be more plain. You have a board member coughing her brains out in the middle of wearing a mask. As the superintendent is saying that he has executive authority given to him by the board, which the board re-upped his executive authority on masking people and quarantining them and social distancing them and doing X, Y, Z. He, all of that is happening all at the same time. He also can't comprehend for the life of him how everybody else in the district, or uh, ra rather everybody else in the county and neighboring counties, don't have the quote-unquote cases or illness, and they're not masked. And yet, this district continues to be masked, and he continues to claim that they have more cases than anybody else. But he can't seem to make that, uh, that, that connection. That correlation, he just doesn't. He just doesn't understand it. He just says, "Well, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is." That's not a viable scientific conclusion. Never have it, has a person ever read that at the end of an academic paper, or any scientific journal wherever, where it just says, "Quote, that's just the way it is." Period. Unquote. Doesn't exist. You have individuals poisoning themselves, depriving themselves of oxygen, and all of this is being pushed on children and, and countless staff members. And he still seems to think that the distancing thing actually works. In no academic paper whatsoever are you going to see three feet, six feet being viable statistics or variables in anything. You have the jabbed walking around the unjabbed in these environments, making the unjabbed ill. And then you heard him, of course, say that they will, and I, I thought that this was remarkably telling also, and absolutely horrific. He clearly stated that if individuals are having problems, where, or in particular uh, parents, who feel that their children are being targeted because of mask wearing or this, that, or the other, because they are being targeted by teachers. They're being yelled at, and we've heard a million stories. They're being yelled at because the, the, the mask falls below their nose or off of their mouth. Again, this is overwhelming for me because here we are almost a year in to where I wrote a book, my last book, about all of this nonsense, and here we are a year later and it's still occurring. An entire year. It does not take a year to read the directions on the side of a box of masks. But here we are still talking about it, and it's making me sick to my stomach. But just the evil in these people. So anyway, sorry, I digress. But in the same breath, 
he says that he doesn't support the targeting of, of children or anybody regarding mask wearing, and yet he targets parents on the record as, well, they're sending their kids to school, and I understand that parents want to send their kids to school, but parents aren't, aren't, aren't adhering to the rules, and the vast majority of them are, but some of them just aren't. He's targeting parents in the meeting. So for him to say that students aren't being targeted by staff members or that students, uh, you know, that, that parents need to contact the district office if they feel that they're being targeted. Ladies and gentlemen, he's targeting people himself and he's allegedly the head of the district. Now, the board could get rid of him in the blink of an eye. But they're so deep in their own lie, and they're all so equally brainwashed, that's not going to happen. That's why everything has shown itself to the point where you just have to leave these school districts. That's my umbrella point here, and I'm going to move on to other subjects. You have to leave these places. These places have to be abandoned completely. You have to just go. You cannot fix the school board in, in corrupt elections using Dominion machines. You can't fix them in particular in a university town like the one I live in. It doesn't matter how, how, how many ethical people run for office. They can fractionalize the votes. Um, you know, the, the Marxists pound the pavement more, more, than, more than we do because we detest government, which means if you detest government and you don't like the decisions that these people are making, you need to run away from them permanently. That's the only solution going forward at this point. Run away from them. He also references, by the way, the superintendent later on, just basically within the next sentence, which I just cut off. But he, re he, he, sa he says that there's a federal mask mandate in place and that he has no control over that, the board has no control over that, and the parents have no control over that. Bullshit. There is no federal mask mandate in place. None. Zero. He's already said countless school districts don't wear masks anymore in the same county. He's lying. He's lying to everyone's face. And again, I don't want to sound shallow here, but would you leave your child with that person to say babysit your child for an hour? I know I wouldn't. I know I wouldn't. He sounds odd, number one. He's a liar, number two. And he's brainwashed, number three. So why are people still sending their children to this school district? They're showing you who they are and the decisions that they make and what's in their actual mind. It's, a, it's like cutting open the brain and you've got a magnifying glass in the best of light and you can see everything that's in there. You can see everything. Instead, there are actual road signs that say, we're going to make this decision. We're doing this. When this comes up or this date hits, here's exactly what we're going to do. You can see everything. It's crystal clear. One board member speaks up and says, so what's the difference between um, lifting the mask mandate when the students come back on January 4th and lifting the mask mandate on January 10th. What's the difference in those days, b b between the number of days? What, what, what does it matter? Good question, but she doesn't push back hard enough and then thanks the superintendent. The superintendent actually chimes in and says, we have a, vac uh, a vaccine jab clinic on January 8th. And because that date falls in between the 4th and the 10th, that gives us some time, quote-unquote. This person is a monster. They're a monster. The only thing they're not holding in their hands, you know, is a knife with a dead body at their feet. It's, it just can't be more obvious, ladies and gentlemen. And this is happening in districts all over the United States. Walk away permanently. Walk away. Just walk away. There are other accommodations. Even if you have two working parents, there are other things that you can do. 
I would trust a, an elementary school child that I was raising at home by themselves on a day in and day out basis as opposed to sending them to these environments where they're being abused. I just would. So that's that. I have other subjects I want to cover. I know I'm already 40 minutes in here, but I've got other things I want to cover here. And again, this is important stuff, so please bear with me if you've made it this long. The next subject here, again, the dominoes are falling, and it's becoming more and more obvious. This comes from Citizen uh, Citizen Free Press, excellent website, citizenfreepress.com. It says, Middlebury College declares COVID emergency. 99% of students are vaccinated. Let that sink in for a minute. It says, a private liberal arts college in Vermont reverted, uh, reverted to remote learning until the close of the fall semester due to 50 active COVID cases on campus. Final exams, which were scheduled to wrap up on Sunday, will be administered remotely, and students, 99% of whom are fully vaccinated, are encouraged to leave campus early. The jabbed are getting ill. Now I'm going to read to you the email that came out from this brainwashing institution and, uh, and what they actually heard from the quote-unquote leadership of the school uh, or the college. It says, quote, Dear Middlebury community, the word community, I'm telling you what, ladies and gentlemen, it drives me up the wall, sends a chill down my spine and up my spine and back and forth every time I hear it. Never before in the history of man has the word community been, been used with such regularity and frequency here. It's a commune. That's <laughs> communism, community, get it? It's all the same word. Okay, sorry. It says, quote, in this email, we will address COVID-19 on campus and move to remote instruction, early departure from campus, new protocols effective Friday, December 10th, and testing information. It says the following, bear with me again, it's not, uh, it's not entirely long, and I believe this comes from the provost, if I'm not mistaken. It says, quote, again, this is a Vermont college, COVID-19 on campus and move to remote instruction. As of 5.30 p.m. today, we received confirmation of 34 new cases of COVID-19 on campus. Oh, God. For a total of 49 active student cases and one active employee case. I bet they're jabbed. Contact tracing is underway. And anyone who is determined to be a close contact will be informed. Communism. It can't get clearer than that. They're tracking you. They're tracking you down and kicking you out. Please note that we are still receiving results from tests taken earlier this week, and we will keep you informed about any further changes as they become necessary. We will update the COVID-19 reporting dashboard with this new information on Friday. While many of the new cases we have identified appear to be connected, occurring in clusters among people who socialize together, an increase in the prevalence of COVID-19 increases the likelihood of broader community transmission. Given the timing of this increase, coinciding with the end of the fall semester and intermittent student departures, quote, we have decided to move immediately to remote instruction and postpone in-person events. This includes classes that meet on fri Friday, December 10th, final exams, and all formal and informal events, including athletic competitions and performing arts. With more than 99% of students fully vaccinated, and yes, they even admit this, ladies and gentlemen, and many already receiving booster doses, the risk of adverse health outcomes from our Delta variant is low. This is hilarious. Oh, this is so funny. Rising student cases that require isolation ongoing transmission, and the few days remaining in the semester warrant the change to remote instruction. First of all, for the love of God, do they not know that online learning exists at countless universities all of the time and they're not having to deal with any of this bullshit? Do any of these students know this? You never had to get jabbed. You never had to wear a mask. You never had to distance, be contact traced, download an app on your phone, and be hunted down by the Gestapo. It never had to happen. You never had to do it. The moment that these universities started saying you have to wear a mask, you could have just taught yourself at home at an online university for cheaper. For cheaper. Who cares if you live in your parents' basement? Who cares if you live at your parents' home? You're going to survive. These other people aren't going to make it. 
You can still have children if you haven't been jabbed. The jabbed can't. It continues, early departure from campus, the next topic. Students who are able to leave campus and travel to their break destination early should do so. Students who must remain who, who must remain on campus for travel reasons, such as if a flight is already booked, may stay and will need to follow the mitigation measures below. Students approved to remain on campus through the break will receive additional information about break expectations. Wow, does that sound like a barrel of fun. Regional travel for students in isolation or quarantine may be possible, but will need to be approved by health services to ensure that public safety procedures are understood and followed. Oh, my. Next section. New protocols effective Friday, December 10th. In accordance with our COVID-19 management and mitigation plans, and to support community health, The following protocols are effective Friday, December 10th, starting at 5 a.m. and will continue until further notice. Lots of bullet points here. Bear with me. And it's horrific. Classes. Classes will continue remotely for the last day of the semester. Final exams. Finals will be held remotely. Departing from campus. Students who are able to depart for break or change plans without unreasonable complications or expense should do so. Those who must stay with their original... Those who must stay with their original travel plans may do so. Students already approved to remain on campus for the break may do so as planned. Testing. Testing will be available on Friday, December 10th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Saturday, December 11th from noon to 3 p.m. at Virtue Fieldhouse. It then says asymptomatic students do not need to wait for their results to depart campus. Negative results will be emailed to them as usual. Students who receive a positive test result will be contacted by health services. Symptomatic students awaiting test results should delay campus departure until they have a negative test result. Unless they can drive directly to a safe location and isolate. Oh, God. They may, uh, (laughs) until they get a negative test result. This is insane. These people are insane. I got to finish this email. I'm sorry, I have to. Uh, Just, oh God, bear with me here. I got to finish this. Uh, They're allowed to drive directly to that location in most cases with approval from health services. Are you liking your communism yet, ladies and gentlemen? Dining. All dining halls will offer a grab-and-go meal only, and face coverings must be worn in those spaces at all times. Events. Indoor events are canceled or postponed. Some may be rescheduled or moved to remote formats if possible. Gatherings. Any informal indoor gathering, whether on or off campus previously scheduled or impromptu, should not exceed six people. Six people. Six people. Six feet. Six feet. Are you catching it yet? Are you catching it yet? We're a year and a half into this bullshit. Over a year and a half now. Coming up on two years. Six feet, six people, six feet. Outdoor gatherings are preferred and should be kept to smaller groups. Anyone with symptoms should not gather. Face coverings. Our current face covering policy remains in effect and strict adherence to this policy is absolutely essential. Athletics and the arts. All athletics and performing arts events are either canceled or postponed, including competition and practices. In-person work. In-person work for employees will continue with current protocols for face coverings and other health and safety measures in place. Oh, I got it. So the employees have to keep showing up who work in or around the buildings, but the students have to scatter. Got it. That makes sense. Not. Not at all. Visitors and guests. Visitors and guests will not be permitted to attend campus events except in in virtual formats. Uh, approved vendors, contractors, and other services provided are allowed with permission from the appropriate vice president and adherence to all COVID-19 related protocols. The next to last section, testing information. We continue to expand COVID-19 testing opportunities for students and appointments for both symptomatic and asymptomatic students. Asymptomatic is a lie, ladies and gentlemen. Always has been. The lies that exist in these documents and in their policies are next level. 
They are available on campus, though, if you want them. Students who are experiencing symptoms should self-isolate, wear a well-fitting face covering at all times, and immediately contact health services, phone number, phone number, phone number, email, email, phone number. Students who are not experiencing symptoms may make appointments via the booking link for testing at the Virtue Fieldhouse. These students do not need to wait for a test result prior to leaving campus, but should continue to use standard mitigation precautions. Testing appointments for employees are available through healthcare providers at state-run sites, pharmacies, and other locations, and employees are encouraged to schedule ahead of time to ensure availability. Final section, information line. We will be setting up an information line for students and their families and will provide details as soon as this is available. Employees will confer with their supervisors or human resources with any questions. We will continue to provide you with updated and necessary information. As we experience a rise in cases both on campus, in Vermont, and in the surrounding regions, we are making these adjustments to keep our community as healthy as possible. We have greatly appreciated your patience and support throughout a successful semester and look forward to continuing that work together in the final week. Sincerely, Mark Peluso, Chief Health Officer and College Physician, Smita Razuka, no chance on that one, Vice President for Student Affairs, and Jeff Casson, Provost, unquote. Simple question here. One simple question. Does any of this sound like a healthy learning environment to anyone? If you said no, you win a cookie and you are correct. If you said, oh, they're doing the best that they can and this is just the way that it needs to be. These are unprecedented times, ladies and gentlemen, and they're just trying to get rid of COVID. Then you need to be hit in the head with a tack hammer because you're a moron. This is nuts. This is a gulag. And they are training minors. Well, they're not minors, they're legal adults, but they are training minors too. They're training these people to get used to this kind of behavior in these kinds of environments, and then ultimately the working environment as well. The, the, the brain-dead people who live in Vermont will never know that a state like Florida exists. People from Vermont will never move down to Florida, even though there's a lot of Vermont license plates down there, the snowbirds as it were. But these people who graduate from Vermont, are they going to move to a free state? This continues to be a huge question going forward, because now, to invoke the word community, and again, I've mentioned this movie in the past, the movie The Village, from M. Night Shyamalan, these states and these counties and these towns are their own villages of just brainwashed goons that are perpetuating these lies, because they themselves believe the lie. None of this is healthy. This entire episode, every single thing that I have brought up is not healthy. None of it is healthy. And it's all individuals that are just lying. Now, for a little more truth, get a load of this and then I'm going to end this episode. Because there's a thousand other things, again, I could have brought up in this episode. Because, again, the content is just flying through. But I wanted to end with this. And this was also in The Lancet the largest medical journal, ladies and gentlemen, in the world. But this particular, again, breakdown comes from truthunmuted.org. It is titled, Vaccine Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome, VAIDS, V-A-I-D-S. We should anticipate seeing this immune erosion more widely. Says by America's frontline doctors, a Lancet study compared vaccinated and unvaccinated people in Sweden was conducted among 1.6 million individuals over nine months. I think I brought this up in the past, but I just want to repeat it one more time. Says doctors are calling this phenomenon in the repeated and repeatedly vaccinated immune erosion, quote unquote, or acquired immune deficiency accounting for elevated incidence of myocarditis and other post-vaccine illnesses that either affect them more rapidly, resulting in death, or more slowly, resulting in chronic illness. 
It says, meanwhile, I'm skipping to the bottom here, the New England Journal of Medicine researchers have found that autoimmune response to the coronavirus spike protein may last indefinitely. This, again, is from the jab. It says, quote, AB2 antibodies binding to the original receptor on normal cells therefore have the potential to mediate profound effects on the cell that could result in pathogenic changes, particularly in the long term, long after the original antigen itself had, has disappeared. These antibodies produce, produced against the coronavirus spike protein could be resulting from the current unprecedented wave of myocarditis and neurological illnesses, and even more problems in the future, unquote. This is not going to get better. These environments are poisonous. The jabs are poisonous. I know that this is not an upbeat episode, but it's exposing everything, ladies and gentlemen. That's the silver lining in all of this. It's consistently been biblical because... Everything that's happening is being shown to people. All of this being shown to people is a good thing. It's a good thing. It has slowed and now stopped and certainly suppressed all of these individuals from either getting jabbed, wearing masks, complying, not complying. Well, I mean, you know, in particular complying. They're, they're not complying anymore. Many of them aren't, and that's excellent. But please take away from this particular episode lots of different things. This is not just where I live. The earlier content from this episode isn't just where I live. That's happening lots of places all over the world. And this is a red state, allegedly, in a red county, allegedly. The business, again, of the jabs doing exactly what they were intended to do is happening. But they're using the infection from the jabbed as being a variant. Well, the, the enemy knew that that was their plan. That, that was the enemy's plan. We will poison people, and then we will tell them that it's a variant, and then the, we'll, we'll encourage more poison, and then we'll tell them it's another variant. We'll have them keep wearing masks to suppress their immune systems and deprive themselves of oxygen while giving them a, ca a cancer-causing agent at the exact same time. If they're old and they die, we'll, we'll just blame it on old age. I've even seen news reports now where they're calling it Sudden adult death syndrome, that a 19-year-old has just fallen over dead because of sudden adult death syndrome. This is the silver lining, ladies and gentlemen. The silver lining is that it's all being exposed and the enemy is at the gates and they're showing us exactly who they are. We're waving at them. We're going, hello, we can see you down there. And they're looking up and going, we're not here. We're not the enemy. Yeah, we're holding weapons and we have lies, but we're not, we're not the enemy. That's not us. We can see them for who they are. Now run away from them. Run away from these people. It's the only thing that's going to save your child from a complete mental and emotional breakdown. And it's the only thing that's going to save the adult too. Because again, watching these heartbroken parents walk up to the microphone and spill the beans on how their child is being abused with the masks and this, that, and the other, it is heartbreaking. It is just that. And it's not going away. But it will go away in your own realm, in your own family, your own cocoon, if you just leave. Leave these environments. Because I've, as I've said a million times in the past, and I'm going to end it with this, homeschooling families are laughing right now. They're laughing, but they're also doing something else, and that's trying to encourage the people who aren't homeschooling to show people how easy it is. The American K-12 school system has always been designed to be daycare, not an instructional institution. With that said, I'll catch you on Friday. I'm going to talk to my Canadian friends as well on Friday. They're going to be back on. At least one of them will be back on to talk about, again, their federal program to to wake people up and avoid the, the the jab mandates that are taking place with them and a variety of other subjects I'm sure. So again, thank you for listening and I'll catch you on Friday everybody. Take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless. <laughs>